without an introduction. He is my friend, wonderful man of God, been preaching the word, well, well capable of delivering the word of God. Why don't we give the Lord and Brother Bogle a hand clap? Praise the Lord, everyone. How many know tonight that God is good? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I tell you, I'm going to give uh, honor tonight to whom honor is due, my pastor especially. Uh, church, do you realize the kind of man of God that you have over you tonight? He's not only over you, but he prays for you. He, he watches over you. Praise God. He's a great man of God and a friend. And I certainly hope that they have an, a wonderful time on their trip, as I know that they will. Uh, Ronnie, Ronnie Dossett's in the vicinity, so he's got to have a good time. You have a good time with that guy wherever. But now ain't what Lori always says. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Can I say something about my brother here tonight, Brother Chris? I'm telling you, I, I know what this man does. I see, I see his labors. I've done the same thing that he did for many, many years. Stood and sometimes coached people to praise God, to worship God, to, to, to give everything that they had over and over and over and over again. And I'm telling you, sometimes you just don't feel like doing it yourself. Let alone try to help somebody else do it. But this man of God does such a wonderful job at that. Uh, God's going to really use him, and I'm so proud of him tonight, and I, I thank him. Every one of our ministers tonight, we are a blessed people to have ministers, to have uh, leaders, to have workers. Thank you for everything that you give. You know, it... it you give when you don't have to give. I know, I see that. And the church is blessed by it, and I see that as well. So just, this is just a wonderful place. I thank Sister Sis so much for her and Brother Sis' faithfulness in starting a work like this and, and being faithful enough to keep it on the road all of these years. Praise God. God is has really blessed that Sister Sue down through the years. And I tell you, this lady, this lady means so much to me. She's just my mother in the Lord. What else can I say? I, I, I just thank the world of her and every one of you, Brother, Brother Kevin Cook. I, I see his wisdom. And well, I could just go on for the, my whole allotted uh, hour and two, what, what is it, two hours. I could, I could spend it right here just giving everybody uh, uh, honor tonight because honestly you're due that honor tonight. Got your Bibles turn with me if you would to the book of Romans and and I promise you I will be cognitive of, of the of the time tonight Brother Mason I give you honor my friend he's my mainstay <laughs> Praise the Lord. Known this man my, my, many years and not really ever as good as I know him tonight. And I'm certainly thankful 
that uh, God has brought him into my life. And I, I tell you when, you, when you get old and you can't do the things that you used to do, <laughs> it's kind of nice to have somebody to call at night and talk for an hour on the phone. And in some cases, an hour and a half. And, and, and we tell each other our, our aches and our pains and why we can't do this and why we can't do that. And I'm just, I'm just saying I thank God for my brother tonight. Praise the Lord. And you know, it has always seemed to be my lot in life. I used to tell Brother Clement this. We'd have Brother Baker down from uh, Michigan and he'd preach a, a week's revival and and if any of you know Brother Baker, my God, man can preach. Wow. He, he is just a, a phenomenal man of God. And it would always fall my lot to follow that guy. And, I, and I'd bless you, Brother Clement. I'd say, I'm just teasingly. But why do and, and then I had to follow Brother Mason, Brother Jim Mason tonight. I mean, it, there's, just, there's just no end to it. Brother Chris, what a wonderful job he done Sunday morning. I might just retire. Woo. How many of you feel the Holy Ghost in the house tonight? How many of you know that we serve a great big God? And he's worthy of everything that we can put out for him tonight. Romans chapter number 2. Verse 1 through 4. I mean, he's going to preach with me tonight. I need help. I need, and it might be sometime during the message, I might need one of you to holler out something that I can't get out because my memory ain't what it used to be. But Romans chapter 2 Therefore, thou art inexcusable, O man, whomsoever thou art that judgest, for wherein thou judgest another. Thou condemnest thyself, for thou that judgest do the same things. Can you imagine? Can you believe this? And, and I'm looking at Brother Bogle tonight. My life down through the years, Brother Kevin, I have fussed about people doing things when I've done the very same thing. Verse 2, but we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things and doest the same things that thou shalt escape the judgment of God. Verse 4 is where I want to take my thought tonight. Our deepest or deepest Dependest thou the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Oh, hallelujah. The goodness of God. When you come to church and you're not worthy to stand, much less stand on a platform or behind a pulpit why God anoint you anyway is none other than the goodness of God oh hallelujah 
Because the goodness of God is what brings people to repentance. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for repentance? Aren't you glad that one day you made your way down to an old altar of prayer somewhere and you gave your heart to the Lord and God filled you with the mighty power of the Holy Ghost and you were baptized in the lovely name of Jesus. Praise the Lord, Brother Kevin. Isn't God good? Oh, I like that saying. God is good. <laughs> Praise God. You may be seated tonight. And I've already had you to be seated, but I am going to ask God's blessing tonight, more or less uh, on myself, that he would touch me and uh, that he would touch my body, that he would touch my memory, that he would just anoint in this house. I believe there needs to be some repentance right here in this house. I told my sister... Not too long ago, Brother Cook, that uh, she doesn't go to the same kind of church, but she was raised, Sister Sue, in this kind of church. And I told her, and, and it, the way that it came out, it worked out perfect for God to say it. And I hope she's not listening because I don't want to hurt her feelings tonight. But at the same time, I want her to make it to heaven. I said, the only time. I really know that I'm on my way to heaven is right up after I get up from that altar. When I repent, because I make a mistake every day of the world, and that's when I know, praise God, the goodness of God, because he draws me to repentance. Mighty God, as we call on you again tonight, we're so thankful, Lord, to know you. God, this power of God that we've already felt in this house tonight, the touch, Lord, that you've already received, and those that's already received, we give you thanks. God, I ask you to touch my body tonight, touch my spirit, touch my mind, God, Lord, and touch this congregation, and we give it to you in the holy name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Just to give you a sort of a little background of what I want, and I, I'm not... I, I don't know whether this will be teaching or preaching. It don't really matter because it's the Word of God. But uh, I want to talk to you tonight about why some people go to church for years and never get to where really they need to be in God. You ever notice that in people? They, it just seems like, uh, I know when we was pastoring in, in Princeton, it seemed like we had certain people that we was continuously babysitting with that had been in church for many, many, many years and heard the truth of God preached so many times, yet they were just always right on the edge of the seat, seemed like. Uh, you never could really depend on them to be in there on time or whatever. And I was late tonight. Excuse me, brother. <laughs> but but uh, th there's a reason for that. There is a reason why. People do that, and there is a reason why God puts up with that tonight, and that's kind of what we want to talk about. Some people can go to church every time the doors is open and never completely understand what the true message of God really is and how, and, and how important. And not only that, but 
the privilege that we have as Gentile people, if you may, to have a truth such as this and have it extended to us. Folks, that's a privilege beyond compare. That is a blessing beyond compare. It's a blessing beyond compare for me to be able to stand before you tonight and proclaim the word of God. That is a blessing. That is an honor. Praise the Lord. 2 Timothy 3 and 7 says, Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. We'll come back to this verse just a little bit later, but I've known people, and you have too, that God will use in, in mighty ways, and, and they uh, sometimes completely go south. And I have known of people that, uh, I've known of ministers and pastors that has pastored for many years, and then all of a sudden, it, it, and it's not all of a sudden, it's a gradual thing, but they just completely go south, or, or they go to another uh, belief or another religion. And, and, you know, you wonder why, but yet that same pastor or that same preacher or that same man of God is able to stand before a church and preach under the anointing, and I'm talking about real anointing of God. Or how that they can pray for somebody and God will heal. Let me, let me tell you right off the bat tonight that God honors faith, irregardless how you live, irregardless of what you believe. If you believe and have faith, the word of God is obligated to answer. Does that make sense? So, so why, does, why does this happen? Why does people, why do some people be in church for half of their life and never really get to where in God they need to be? How is it God uh, uh, blesses them over and over? I remember being, now, now I can talk about this because this is, I remember this in my own walk with God. I remember times when, when I knew that I wasn't, there was something just not, I wasn't where I needed to be. My prayer life was off or my study life was off or something was going south in my, in my mind. But yet I'd come to church and I'd sit and the word of God would just do something to me and and I called it a blessing, which it was a blessing. Brother Kevin, but that move that I would have in my spirit, sometimes I would actually mark it off to, well, maybe God is okay with that. Maybe God does, is pleased with me, even though I'm doing these things. But I want you to know tonight, church, that's not the reason God comes and sits on your pew. That's not the reason God comes and visits with you. It's because of the goodness of God. Because he knows that his goodness, Brother Moore, will lead you to repentance. And I have seen that happen in Brother Bogle so many times. God's mercy and God's blessings upon me would 
lead me to an altar of repentance. And God would come down on the scene. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad tonight for repentance? I'm so thankful tonight that I understand that I'm, and so I guess what I'm saying is sometimes we misunderstand the goodness of God. It's, it's one thing, it's easy, I think, to misunderstand the goodness of God. Especially, nobody knows your life like you do. And especially when you know within your own self that something just ain't kosher. But yet you still feel the power and the spirit and the moving of God in your life. Just chalk it off to the goodness of God. God is good, isn't he? I'm preaching to you tonight a good God. I'm preaching Jesus to you. Hallelujah. I'm telling you that there is none like him tonight. The book, book of Judges helps us to understand this and why this happens a little better. Judges chapter 13 verse 7 says, But he said unto me, Behold, thou shalt conceive and bear a son. And now drink no wine nor strong drink, neither eat any unclean thing, for the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hands of the Philistines. Now, this is a, a very familiar story, and we all know it, and I'm not going to, for the sake of time tonight, I'm not going to, to relate the whole story of Samson to you, because you know he was a strong man, but in Judges chapter 13, the commentary said, after a string of faithful Judges, Israel returned to its sixth cycle of idolatry. Samson's life mirrored, mirrored the uh, overreaching story of Israel concentrated at birth, but slowly losing reverence for separation. As with Israel, God still worked through Samson receiving glory despite his uh, flaws, all of his flaws. So this is where we're going with this tonight. And so let's just talk for just a second, a few minutes or a minute or so about, uh, analyze, if you will, Samson's life for just a minute. In Judges 14 and, and 5 through 9, it tells the story of Samson killing a lion. That, you know, we, we all know that. And, and what Actually, it, it would take for a human being to actually kill a lion without any weapons. And then 16, 1 through 3 tells of Samson and Delilah. Now, Samson was possibly the strongest man that ever lived. His strength was his anointing, was, was from, of the anointing of God. It was given to him to bless Israel, but Samson held it up on his own lust. In other words, he used the power of God and the anointing of God for his own lust. He misunderstood, if you will, the goodness of God. He was, he was strong, yet he was childish. Anybody relate to that? He was a conqueror, yet he was a victim. He was a ruler, Yet he was a slave, full of virtue, 
yet filled with vice. Praise God. Able to kill a lion, yet captured by a woman. Man, I thank God for my woman. She captured me a long time ago, and she's been holding on to me for uh, next month. After, no, not next month. It'd be May for 50 long years. Can you imagine anybody putting up with me for 50 years? But I think it's the other way around. <laughs> Able to kill a lion, yet captured by a woman. Sister Sue, I'm glad my woman captured me. She has been my mainstay down through the years. Brother Kevin, she, is, she has loved me when nobody else would. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Honest enough to settle a debt, but he robs from others to pay the debt. Isn't that something? Honest enough. We're talking about a man of God. We're talking about a, 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 a man full of the anointing of God. Honest enough to pay a debt, but went and robbed somebody else. 30 people and then killed them. I, I probably, I don't remember what the word said naturally about that, but 30 men. Israel's pride, yet he was their shame at the same time. He misunderstood the goodness of God. Aren't you glad tonight that you understand fully the goodness of God? He never realized what he had from God. He never seemed to comprehend why he had such a privileged position. He was a disappointment to God and to Israel. He was only really successful in the end of his life. Isn't that sad tonight? Oh, I, you know, there's there are many times in, when I pray, Brother Kevin, I ask God to let my ending be better than my beginning. You know, it's one thing to start out well, but it's something totally, in, entirely different to finish the course. Praise God. That's the only way, Brother Fisher, we're going to get out of here and make heaven our home is if we endure to the end tonight. So I'm declaring tonight the goodness of God. Praise the Lord. The goodness of God. I like that saying we have around here. In God is good. And in everybody's responses all the time. Absolutely, God is good all the time. It, it, it's so wonderful tonight to have a, a, a Savior that we can go to and a judge, if you will, that we can go to that is not perverse. He's not, uh, he's not of a political mind that uh, we never know what our political leaders is going to do, but he's just all the time. A judge is just, as, 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 he is just all the time because he, his agenda is you. His agenda is seeing that you make heaven your home and to love us enough to give his life on, on the cross that we might do this. That is so good and so so refreshing tonight. I'm so thankful that God has brought me in this way. Uh, Nahum 1 and 7 says, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust him. Praise God. Yeah. Psalms 33, he says, He loveth righteousness and judgment. 
The earth is full of his goodness. I'm preaching goodness tonight. I'm preaching the goodness of God tonight. Oh, taste and see another place says in Psalms that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Praise the Lord. I'm looking at a lot of blessed people in the house tonight. I'm looking at a lot of people that God has brought a long way. Some of you I know the lives that you have lived. Some of you I know from where God brought you. But if I didn't know a one of you, I know where God's brought me from tonight. Pray God. And I taste and I see that God is certainly good. James 1 and 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Praise God. It is the goodness of God that wants to change a man. It is the goodness of God that causes you, when the minister is preaching and the conviction is flowing, it's the goodness of God that draws your heart and, and tugs at your, your heart to cause you to come down to an altar of prayer, yes, sir. of repentance. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you tonight that God is good. Let's just raise our hands and thank God for his goodness. Oh, God, you are good tonight. We thank you tonight, Lord. We honor you tonight for who you are. God, you brought us such a long, long way. Praise the Lord. The bottom line is let's just don't misunderstand that goodness of God. When we feel that tugging, let's make our way to an altar. The, 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 our pastor has been so faithful. Brother Chris, every minister that has preached lately behind this pulpit has been so faithful to teach repentance and to teach salvation and to tell us that the time is short, that God is coming back soon. And he is, folks. God is soon to come back. And he's getting the church ready. He's trying to get us ready. <coughs> I want to go back to, to Samson's life for just a few minutes. And I won't hold you long. But Samson was, of course, a, a Nazarite. And you can read all of this. This is found in the book of Judges, uh, the 13th and 14th, 16th chapter. Uh, tells you all about this, this man called Samson. Uh, Manoah, his wife, was barren, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto her and told her that she was going to bear a son. And she, he told this precious lady that there is some things that I want you to, you've got to do in order to bring this child into the world because he's going to be a Nazarite. He's going to be a special, he's going to have a special anointing upon his life. He was not to have any strong drink. No razor was to touch his head. He was to never touch anything dead. As an, as an Israelite, he was not to marry out of the faith. He was not to marry a, a Gentile. He was never to commit fornication. And yeah, and I'm talking about Samson. He was never to lie. Never gamble. He was never to murder. Samson violated every one of these commandments. Every one of them. 
But at the end of every time you read, as he uh, would go into some kind of off-the-wall thing like this, disobedient thing, God would move on his life. God would, the, the, the anointing of God would, would, would come upon him. But one time in particular, he had been seeing a prostitute and he left the city and God took, gave him strength and he took the gates of the city and the post of the city away on his back. Carried it a long way. I used to know how long it was that far he carried it. But that, that's just amazing that he was somebody that was so uh, far away from God, gone so far south, but yet God would still anoint him. Judges 14 and 2, Samson requested his parents to get him a Philistine wife. The story goes that they, they did, and, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. After he is told he's never to uh, marry out of the, the Israel nation, never to marry a Gentile, yet that's what he wanted. Of course, I know, and I've read all, all the scripture about God was using this to, to get back at the Philistines, and, but it doesn't re, the fact still remains is that God would use him each time. Judges 14, 8 through 9, he touches a dead lion. On one of these excursions, a lion comes out, he kills it, he goes on about his business, goes to make his visit. As he comes back a day or two later, he looks to where the carcass of the lion is, and when he saw it, he goes over, and he doesn't just touch it, Brother Danny, he reaches up inside of it and pulls out a handful of honey. That don't sound too appetizing, does it? Talk about unclean. <laughs> Praise God. I can't, I can't imagine. I can't imagine something like this happening. And then how God would turn right around. And bless him so well. Judges 14, 12. Samson gambled and lost his bet. Wasn't supposed to gamble. Yet, he was honest enough to pay his gambling debt. But he goes and he kills 30 people to steal from them. Hey, I, I, I'm painting a picture of a guy that I don't want to be around. But God's mercy, God's goodness, God's goodness looked through all of that. To make this, the whole long story short, Samson made all of these mistakes in his life. And yet at the end, it cost him so much. But yet at the end, there was forgiveness for him. There was a space of repentance for him. Praise God. Why did Noah... Preach for a hundred years. 
before the flood. It was because of the goodness of God. Right. It was because of that. Why do fallen preachers still have the ability to preach? It's because of the goodness of God. There's nothing more to it than that. Why do people speak in tongues but never change their lifestyle? It's because of the goodness of God. Hoping, God hoping to draw them to an altar of repentance. Praise the Lord. 1 Peter 3 and 20, and I'm getting ready to close. Which sometimes were disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. We're talking about the goodness of God tonight. We sometimes have the ability to explain away the laws of God. Liars, for instance, they have a vivid imagination. Adulterers, they love the modern lifestyle. Praise God. Hallelujah. All who do these things face judgment. That's the message tonight, and I'm losing my voice. But the message tonight is... You're not going to get away with this ultimately if you continue to walk the paths that you walk. There is going to come a day of judgment and you will face God. The judgment that came to Samson, it caused him to be captured by the very people that God had anointed him to uh, uh, to fight and to win the battles over. It was that, that very time, even to the point of physically, literally having his eyes gouged out because of this tonight. But I'm so thankful in the end that Samson, as he asked the little boy to lead him to the pillars of the, of the Colosseum, and he took one in each hand, and I can't even imagine how he could reach them. But somehow he did because the Bible said he did. And he killed more Philistines that day than he did in his whole life. To me tonight, folks, that's repentance. And that's the way that it's supposed to end. Think of all of the goodness that Samson could have done. Think, and I think about myself. And I think sometimes, Brother Moore, I think all oh my what might I have done? What might have I seen God do in my walk with God if I had just been more faithful? If I had to just been closer? If I had a, if I'd have done this or if I'd have done that? But I'm so thankful tonight the goodness of God held true for me and I'm still walking in the way of truth tonight. I'm still as I can, minister the word of God. I'm telling you tonight, folks, that's what the love of God does. It draws us to repentance. That's what it's supposed to do. I'm glad one day that it drew me to an altar of repentance. Praise God. 2 Timothy 3 and 7 says, Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of God or the knowledge of truth. The commentary, and I'm closing, the Bible's commentary says false teachers and their followers were always looking for something new 
and novel, yet never grasp the truth. This should give us caution to those uh, who obsessively seek new revelations. Praise God. The continual grasping for something new, this, the continual grasping for a new message or, or a, 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 a itching ear message, I guess you could call it tonight. It, it leads to something that's not good. So in closing, sin is what causes us to not to understand. It's what causes us to not understand the goodness of God. When we continually sin or judge others, and you know, I think every one of us sometime or another is, is uh, guilty of doing that. I know myself, I, I am. You know, sometimes Sister Bogle and I will talk, and, and we, don't, we don't talk bad about people. We really don't. But, but just something will come out of one of our mouths about, about a minister or about somebody when, yeah, you know, I, I told her the other day that probably we, sh we shouldn't do that because God, even though it's just us and, and husbands and wives have secrets and they, have, they talk, but still at, at the same time, don't judge. Don't judge nobody because what, when, what you judge them about is something that you've been guilty of your very self. Sin opens the door. It opened the door for Samson's fall. Because of the continual playing with the things he was never to touch, he was captured, enslaved, made sport of, had his eyes literally gouged out, and died with the very people that God had anointed him to conquer. Praise God. God answered his final prayer. I'm so thankful that that goodness of God led Samson to an altar of repentance. Can we stand to our feet tonight?